ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Expert 2 Authority Show. And today I'm here with Harry Spaeth and we're going to talk about selling with dignity because if you think that selling, uh, maybe it's like one of these, uh, um, maybe you have the idea of the car salesman uh, of the 80s that is pushing and forcing people to buy things that they don't want or they don't need. That's not the case. We are going to explore that. How can you sell with dignity? What does selling with dignity means? So Harry, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Simone, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. What's the good word? Uh, it's, uh, it's, so the good word is selling. That's All what right. the good word is. The good word. <laughs> that's 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 the good word. We are talking about selling, Beautiful. and uh, I, I'm curious. Before we go into the the whole, how do we sell with dignity? Uh, what was your journey into selling with dignity? How did you get passionate about it? Yeah, thanks for asking. So before I got into sales, I was in another type of sales, so to speak. I was a missionary for over ten years. And so when my wife and I were living in the Dominican Republic, uh, she thought that it'd be great to have a family before we were too old to have a family. So I agreed. And then I thought, well, what could I do for work? And to support the mission work, I was doing, I had a little janitorial business. I cleaned offices, I painted houses. And I said, you know, I don't want to go back and do that because I, I don't want to be an old guy climbing ladders. So Talked to a few people, some suggested sales that I might look into that. So I read a book called uh, The Greatest Salesman in the World by Og Mandino. And mm -hmm. it, it really touched on the sacred scrolls, which I was very familiar with. And uh, so I started looking to get a job in sales and uh, the rest is history even though there is about a million steps in between. <laughs> what, what, was, what was your first job in sale? Very first one. So I actually was, I add, there was this thing called a newspaper, probably when you were a young lad, but uh, there was an ad in the newspaper for uh, making $50,000 a year, which was way more than I'd ever made. And this is back in the mid 90s. And so I ended up going to a hotel conference room and walked away with a job, so to speak. Uh, but I had to pay $300 and they hired anyone who had $300. So <laughs> it's so one of those is like, yeah. you are paying to sell our products exactly. and become one of our sales rep. Uh, yes, I, exactly. I see that. So I lasted a few months and I was, you know, I learned a little bit about insurance, but it was not what I wanted. I mean, it was not me. It was, I was going to people's homes at night. You know, sometimes the wife was interested and the husband wasn't. It's just like, this is not what I vet, uh, figured that sales would be. So I ended up uh, moving over to uh, selling office technology in the B2B space. And that's where I found my home. And again, it wasn't an easy transition because my background was I was a missionary that did janitorial work. Not exactly a great resume for a sales job. How, how did you adjust? Uh, so, <laughs> all right. So you're getting into, so I, I, my first day at the job, I walked into what was known as a sales bullpen. So if 
anyone seen the movies like uh, Boiler Room or The Wolf yeah. of Wall Street, where you have a bunch of guys in ties making calls, and the manager's walking around the room, uh, making sure everyone's making calls and is there to help out if he's needed. Well, that's what I was doing. Uh, and talk about a fish out of water. So I, my analogy is a missionary in a sales bullpen. It does not get more extreme than that, right? If you, if you can imagine. So I had it. So I used to swear when I was in high school. I used to play hockey, I swore. And then I got into the mission work and I didn't, you know, a bad word was fudge. I mean, there was nothing, you yeah. know, very clean. Then I got into the sales bullpen and I went, oh man, this is like the locker room again. And uh, yeah, so there was all kinds of adjustments going on and, I was clearly a square peg in a round hole or something, but uh, yeah, miraculously it worked I, out. You know, I, I was curious because uh, one of the, so I started my business at 22, uh, my first business and wow. 23, sorry. Yeah. And when, when I started, one of the things that I didn't know, or I knew not, I, I didn't know how to do well was selling. I could sell in restaurants. My background was in the catering industry. Okay. So in restaurants where clients were there were fine. Like I could sell, I could get them to buy a bottle of wine and so on. But actually getting clients and talking to people that maybe didn't know me, it was completely like a new skill for me. And so I thought about what will be the, 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 the most accelerated way I can do this. And that was actually getting a sales job. But I did uh, uh, charities door to door. To door. So ch selling charity subscriptions door to door. Okay. Man, I were there for eight <laughs> months. I was like, you know, in the winter with the snow, knocking doors until 10 p.m. with all the names and people are calling you and you're just there. It's oh. like, I got to pay my rent and I yeah. want to sell some charities. I, I <laughs> but it's tough. But at the same time, in... Uh, if it gave me was a big part of my growth and made my character in learning about rejection. So the question yeah, that I have for you, the question I have for you, uh, what were the, the biggest lessons that you learned uh, in the, in your sales career? Let's go. Yeah. Let's go a bit I mean, there's so, the so many huge lessons. Um, so, first of all, congratulations on lasting in that scene of canvassing selling house was it house to house or is it business to business that and you house, did door to door house to house, house to house yeah. house to house oh my goodness yeah when yeah. you're invading the residential space that's what i i felt like i wanted to get out of because i i've done that in the mission field but in the b2b sales it was all corporate and it was much easier because people expected salespeople versus sure. someone in their home watching Netflix or whatever. And they got a young kid showing up thinking, uh, who is this guy? Right. And they're hiding behind the sofa and, and, and all kinds of that, stuff. Uh, they might have already received like three or four people selling other charities on <laughs> the same day. So it was, uh, it was grueling. And the reason why I, I stayed this long, it is because I never reached my weekly target in eight months. Yeah, it was like I always I was always close. And then I said, the moment I reach the first time I'm going to reach my weekly target, I'm going to I'm going to go away. <laughs> it was just a matter of pride. I reached my weekly target. Well, once I was like, I'm out. 
I'm out of advice. <laughs> yeah, I've done. I've learned what I needed to learn. Oh, but no, but goodness. it's not about me. I mean, you just yeah, got me down the memory lane. But back to <laughs> yeah, you. But you, you, you are the guest, not oh, me. Right, okay? right. But I love the story, right? As a sales guy, I just love, and I know there is so much potential in that story. I'm going to have to get you on the Sales Made Easy podcast to hear it. But, All right, let's do yeah. that. But let me, yeah. tell, let me ask you, what, what were your biggest lessons? Yeah, so my biggest lessons, I think, that helped me get to the, my uh, success the fastest was really uh, coming from a place of serving. So I didn't have, I mean, I was in my mid-30s. I didn't have any real business acumen. So this is all new to me. I was selling technology. I was learning like crazy, but I wasn't skilled yet. And I didn't have a ton of knowledge. So I said, you know what? I know how to serve people. I'll just serve. And we'll see where that takes me. Because it was months and months of zeros that were going up on the board for me. And in a sales bullpen, zeros are not good, right? Zeros are very bad. And I felt like I was going to get fired. In fact, I was written up and I didn't even know what that meant. I found an old letter recently of a performance improvement plan after all of my zeros. And, you know, so when I was, I figured out that I'll just serve because if I'm going to go down, I'm going to go down with what I know and that's how to serve. Mm -hmm. And one thing led to another and the sales started to kick in. And then I built a career on that service mindset. What's your thought on that? <laughs> yeah, you're puzzled. Exactly. No, no, I'm not. I'm not puzzled. Um, okay, I am. Uh, I think I, I believe as well that selling is serving. Um, yeah. And sometimes, though, the pe people that uh, can be like me or you, or like a lot of other listeners of the show, that they they put serving first because you didn't put selling first. Coming from your missionary background, for you it was putting service first. Yeah, a lot of times they actually stick with the service part. And then when it's time actually to get the sale or to close the deal, that's the part where they're struggling with. So they're great at serving. Yeah. And I think that also right now there is a great culture of serving clients or serving customers, definitely very different from 20 or 30 years ago. But so how did you then manage to bridge that gap? Because <laughs> on the yeah. serving, but also getting the, the business. Okay, so uh, such a great question, and it's so true with what you said. So my first real deal in the office technology space, I was selling these color printers that cost around $50,000 US. So the company was testing it out. And then, you know, I was serving, doing everything I could to make sure they're happy. I was sharing what I knew, sharing, you know, different things, bringing in donuts and coffee, whatever. They had to ask me to get a contract in front of them because I didn't, you know, it's just, I would have kept doing that. I'd probably still be doing it 25 years later. It's like, do you guys like this thing yet? But <laughs> they asked me, they said, Harry, so what do we have to do to keep this thing? And so I went, ah, oh, let me figure that out. So that's what I called my sales manager. And he says, well, you need to get a contract and all this. So it all worked out. But, you know, what you said is people who have a mindset of serving like I did, we have to learn to ask for the business. And I was uncomfortable with that, but I made sure that I got comfortable with it. In order to last in sales, in order to grow, you have to get comfortable with asking for the business. Mm -hmm. And, you know, coming from the mission field, there's this ancient book that's thousands of years old 
And one of the, uh, the chief guys in that book said, keep on asking and you'll receive. Mm -hmm. So in sales, we need to ask, we need to ask for the business. We need to ask for next steps. You know, throughout the sales cycle, there's a period of asks that we need to make. And if we do it politely and respectfully in a mindset of service, um, that's okay. So that's what helped me. And that's what I share with others. How did you get comfortable? Was that a matter of time? Because you said that you need to become comfortable, but how did yeah. you get comfortable? Was it a matter of just like time? And I said, the more you do it, the more comfortable you get, or did you find maybe certain phrases or certain yeah. ways of doing or being that help you out or speed up the process of, for you to be comfortable? Right. Yeah. So the great question. And the, uh, and I'm really sincere when I say this, uh, because sometimes great questions mean I just want to pause and get my thoughts together. But you know, that question about, is it comfortability? Is it time? Does it take practice? You know, I'd say that sometimes we get so nervous about asking for the order that we put too much pressure on ourselves. And if we look at it, like uh, you said, you were in the restaurant industry. If we look at it in the, like the fine dining, it's like, can I get you an appetizer? Would you like to look at the specials tonight? Right. Those are very natural. No one's saying, would you like to look at our check right now? Right. No, they would start with that. So it becomes natural. And then, you know, things that help me is to use it in common terms. Instead of saying things like contract, I, I would use things like, say things like, so do you want to wrap this up? Or do you want to make this your own? Or uh, are we ready to go ahead with uh, the process now or something? Just make it very simple and casual so that the client doesn't, you know, when they hear contract, uh, it's like, oh no, you know, what does that mean? Is it like 17 pages of T's and C's? that I'm gonna to have to look at with an attorney. It's just like, hey, are we ready to wrap this up? Are we ready to make this official? You know, things like that made it. And that's where I got very comfortable with those terms because I'm an easygoing, fun-loving person. And, yeah. you know, keeping it less than super serious is what I wanna do. I'm talking about personality, because you mentioned that you're fun-loving and you're a funny person mm. and uh, you want to keep things lighthearted. Did you find that uh, there was a period of adjustment for you to actually having your, to putting your personality in uh, the sales structure? Because what I see, this is why, this is why I'm asking this question. Yeah. And it's been a personal experience. Uh, I've worked with a lot of clients. Uh, and what I see that sometimes uh, you step into what we call like the sales mode. So yeah. you're talking to someone and you're one person and then it's time to sell. It's like, boom, switch. It's like, who, right. who, who is that person I'm talking to right now? <laughs> Where, was it, was, was it natural for you or did it take a, like, or, or how, or if not, how did you manage to be yourself in those moments where instead of well, turning on the sales mode? Yeah. The challenge, like you mentioned, is that period where people say, okay, I can be myself, but then I've got to go into sales mode and it's like two different people. And I love how you just express that. So really the key is, is to be yourself. And I was told this early on when I was putting all kinds of pressure on myself, again, zeros on the board, there's lots of pressure. 
and I became less and less myself. The fun-loving Harry was nowhere to be found. It was nervous. I'm going to get fired. This is difficult. I'm going to have to go back to cleaning toilets. That Harry was everywhere, right? Just wearing stress. And my manager kept saying, Harry, be yourself. You're fun. People like you. It's like, oh, no, I can't be myself. There's so much riding on this. Well, eventually, I became myself. And it took time, but... The sooner you can relax and be yourself and take the pressure off of yourself and take the pressure off of the customer, mm -hmm. then good things will happen. And I, I compare it again to the server in the restaurant. So anyone who is listening, the server in the restaurant is not getting stressed over asking if you want dessert or not. Right? They're not stressed over that. They're not stressed over if you want a cocktail or a glass of wine or if you want bottled water. That's not stressful. They're just providing the experience. So if we can get to that point where we can just provide our experience, our service, and then politely just ask for the order and take all the pressure off that if they say, no, it's not the end of the world. Nobody's dying. You say to my sales team, no babies are dying when you ask the question, right? It's just, it's very easy and natural. And that's why I do what I do. And, uh, you know, it's, it can be fun. When people relax, good things can happen. You mentioned about being yourself. Practically, in practical terms, what does being yourself mean in a sales conversation or in environment? Because I can, I think that the, the, the idea of being yourself is used a lot. You've got to be yourself in business. You've got to be yourself yeah. in sales. But what, what does it practically mean, being yourself yeah. in that, that conversation? Yeah. Wow. Um, well, I, I, I think it's this, <laughs> okay. Is who, what are you like when you're around your friends and when you're around your friends, are you, I mean, think about what you're like. Are you conversational? Are you a good listener? Are you respectful? And if you can bring that, now I'm not talking about going out and hanging out in a bar and having five beers with somebody and, you know, talking about politics. Not that kind or, of self. Not that right? part not of that, right? yeah, <laughs> not, not that right? part. Being, exactly. <laughs> so when you're talking politics and stuff like that, not that person, right? Keep it, you know, keep politics out of it would be my advice, but be your friendly, easygoing self that everybody likes. And we all have friends. And one of the things I, I talk to people about who struggle with sales is they say, well, no one's going to buy from me. There are people that are better and they get all kinds of stress. And I just, the question I ask is, do you have any friends? They're like, yeah. I said, what are your friends like about you? And then they'll say what they like, right? Well, I'm easygoing or I'm there for them. People who are strangers now will become your friends. It's that simple. The personality that you have is going to attract your buyers, right? Because the buyers are just like your friends. There are going to be some that really like you and others that can, you know, you're okay, but I don't really need you. I've got other friends, right? And that's okay because you'll, you'll get more than enough business by that alone. Yeah. What's your thought? Uh, I, I agree with you. I totally agree with you because uh, 
I was thinking about that, about being being myself, because there is sometimes this, you know, you, you look at sales training, they told, they tell you about matching and mirroring. Oh, yeah. So, right. So you got to match if a client speaks in a certain way, try to match the way the client speaks. If the client moves in a certain way, try to mirror what the client does, use similar yeah. language. And I think that these are important. These are important elements to build rapport. But other times you can eliminate, you can go too much into thinking mode and be someone that you're not. And so now actually, instead of building connection with someone, because you're trying to think too hard to be like this person, now you, you break connection because you're not connected with you. And so you're not, you cannot connect with them. So that's what I, I, I see this, this topic being. Yeah. Well, I mean, you are so spot on on that, Simone. I mean, so that's true with virtually everything. It can be in sales. I was reading a great book, uh, The Perfect Close by James Muir. Hmm. And he talks about books that he's researched that talk about the close, where there are dozens of closes. I did. I don't know. I mean, honestly, when I was in sales, I mean, in the, in the off in the selling now, I'm not quite in that kind of sales, but my, I didn't have closes. I didn't know what a, you know, certain type. I can't even name them today. I know there's a puppy dog close, but there's all kinds of names for closes. Yeah, and, and, trial close. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. There, there are uh, right. So I, when you're, yeah, <laughs> I had, a, I had, a, I went to a training. They were teaching fifty-two different ways of closing. Like yeah, beautiful. Right. So you cannot connect with a person when you're thinking about all these different things. It's like, what, what clothes should I do, or should I be mirroring the person just touched their face? Should I touch my face? You're not connecting. You're making this a very um, what is the word here? It's a very mechanical process. And if you can't, I mean, I'm not you, but I mean, I think we should be able to connect with the other person on the other side of the table, even though they have different personalities. I wasn't familiar with DISC. I didn't know that there are four main personality types. I just wanted to connect with the people. So if someone was abrupt and they wanted me to get to the point, my sense was, don't small talk and chat this person up. They want me to get to to the the point. point. So I'm going to get to the point. And others will say, well, what about your fishing trip? I mean, I see you like to fish. And it's like, no, don't say that now. They just said they are busy and, you know, they want us to get to the point. Then we cannot small talk. And then others will, after you have a conversation, then they'll sit back and relax and then they'll, you know, then you can see if they're interested in talking about small talk or something, but it's mm-hmm. got to be natural. And I think when we overthink, it becomes less natural and there's more pressure and it's less of a good experience for the, the buyer. Yeah. What's your well, thought? We, yeah. Yeah. You, you know, I've, uh, you mentioned about connection because connection is uh, then what makes the sale happen. It's not this sales technique. Of course, yeah. the product needs to be a good product, a product that they need and the product yeah. they want to buy. Okay, that part. But for them to actually buy it from you, and when you're in your coaching or speaking business, you know, you're, that's, you are the product. That's, or you're selling a yeah. course, you're selling a training. 
that connection is crucial in this industry. And that's the most important because if there is the connection, then the sale is going to come as a consequence. So you mentioned about creating connection. I want to stay a bit more there because you mentioned um, that you will see, you will sense where the person is, if they are in a rush, if they are a bit more relaxed. Is there something that something else that you do or something that either you follow or some guidelines that you can give to help build that connection with the person in front of you? Listen, it's that simple. We are so preoccupied with what we're going to say next that we fail to listen. And when we're listening, it's showing in our face, right? And we're not, this is almost impossible to pretend that we're listening and do that well. I mean, we, people try it all the time, no, you can but it. it's, you cannot can fake it. Yeah. Right. And so when you, I mean, it's, it's amazing. I'm uh, this, uh, Neil Rackham, uh, did this study and he talks about, you know, the closers versus people who just have good intentions. I was a person that had just good intentions. I didn't have that closing mindset and the closing mindset, by the way, you're worse off in sales. If you are one of these pushy closers, you're, you will have worse results. Statistics over tens of thousands of people have shown this. So it's the people that have intentions, good intentions will do well if they can simply ask for the business. Mm -hmm. But that the key to success in sales, I mean, I've been with my sales reps for years. So I was, you know, a sales leader for, you know, 20 years. I would ask questions when we came out of a call and I, I was just appalled by did, did you not, were you not at the same meeting that I was at? And it's, it's all about listening. And that's where the connection takes place because the person across from you says that Simone guy, he cares. And I don't care what Simone says, but he cares. And I'm going to talk to that guy again because he showed that he cares about me or my company. And that's where the money is, in my opinion. Yeah, that's that's when you're listening. That's when you're showing them that you, you're paying attention instead of doing other things or instead of having, of course, you have your agenda. Like people say, instead of having your own agenda, of course, I got an agenda. I want to sell yeah. something. But I want to sell the right thing for you. I want to make sure that your problems are solved. I want to understand who you are what are the challenges that you're having so that's my agenda i want to sell you something but i want to sell this to you if it's the right thing for you so i want to find out i want to get to know you and and a lot of people exactly. forget th that part about as you mentioned about really listening uh, I, have a, I have a question about your book now because uh, you wrote a book uh, explained the concept about selling with dignity and mm -hmm. what, what does selling with dignity mean well, it's all about respect and doing things the right way. So there's morality involved. Um, and I'm not saying I'm holier than thou by any stretch, right? I mean, there are gray areas 
in sales and some people will read the back of the terms and conditions. Some will read it through the purse for them. Others will say, well, you know, here's the contract, here's the agreement, you know, here's the paperwork and let the person read it. Right. So there's, I'm not saying to go overboard, but there, there should be honesty and integrity and in doing the right thing in sales. It's not taking advantage of people. I mean, uh, Anthony Anarino, I believe, is the one that uh, at least he's quoted as saying, sales is not what you do to somebody, it's what you do for somebody. Hmm. So that you're, like you mentioned, yes, we have an agenda, we would like to sell our product or services, but we're doing that so your life is better, right? And so that having respect and dignity and integrity and honor for the craft of selling, for the person across from you, and for yourself, so that you're not compromising and doing things just to get the deal and misleading a prospect so that you can walk away with a signed agreement. Yeah, uh, you can see a lot of people um, that over-promising, under-delivering, but you're, yeah. like, if you're looking at the coaching and speaking space, uh, in some in some some people have a bad reputation or yep. the, the industry got a bad reputation about people preying on vulnerable people of uh, people that are in need with the promises of life transformation and and sometimes uh, is uh, if the integrity of saying you know what i'm not able to help you but i, I know someone else that might be able to or the integrity of saying, you know what, I can't do this for you, but I can do this instead for you. Yeah. That is what is going to also build a stronger relationship. And in your terms, then it's going to help you sell with dignity, um, which uh, it becomes the, the backbone of every other whatever sales strategy you will use or whatever conversation, whatever connection you're building, then at least people can trust you and then you build a great reputation for yourself, for your company, for your products, for your services. So I, I love what you mentioned about the moral compass that you have. Um, well, Harry, that, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, go ahead. I was, go ahead. I was just going to feed back off of what you said, because that's where the money is by doing the right thing. I, I can think of a client years ago that asked if I had some answer to their problem. And I'm like, no, nah, not really. Not in that, not in that area. And he just was super grateful that we didn't waste their time because I would have had to fit the square peg into the round hole and, you know, maybe it would have worked out, but you know, the, the best thing was for them to go with the competition. I don't think they ever forgot that in future sales opportunities Yeah, because it was now I was like the trusted advisor and said, we need this and that. And then, you know, in the world I was, people always shopped. They always kept you price honest. Uh, once that goes away and they, they're basically saying, I want you to make money on this. You know, I want you to be profitable. I don't want you gouging me, but I want you to be profitable. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's, you know, that's a great feeling. Absolutely. I had yeah. a very similar situation with a, with a client that came to me and say, Hey, can he wanted to buy one of our courses and he just bought another one. And I said, you know what, just like, I mean, it was quite a bit of money. It was 10 grand, yeah. 
Wow. So yeah. the in my mind, I was like, "Ooh, an extra ten grand, you know?" Right. <laughs> I'll have to take them. But the reality is, they bought the other course. They paid already good five. They paid already five grand for the other course, uh, the other support that we were given, and it barely started. So I said, "I'd rather you to actually use what you have right now." And yep. then when the time is right, then you can move on. But otherwise, right yeah. now, you're not going to make the, you haven't made the most of what you already bought. And he said, really, thank you. Uh, yeah. Thank you. And I know that he is, uh, and I think he made a post about it. He talked about it on social media as well. And that's what honesty and integrity really is. It's to be able yes. to walk out. It's to, be, it's to know that whatever you're selling is really going to support the person in front of you. Yeah, so um, true. And so, can I ask a question on that? Uh, all right. I think this, uh, yeah. Okay. So I'm messing you Remember, up. you are the guest. Remember, know, you okay. are the guest. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Okay. Now you but you did that because you know that there's future potential with that person, right? It wasn't just today, but uh, yeah. two or three years from now, that person may be a, a prospect for you at that time and is in a better position to do business with you. Is that what you're it, thinking? It, it, it may or, be, it may be okay. in that moment, uh, I knew it wasn't the right thing for him. So yeah. whether he's going to come back or not, uh, I don't know. And yeah. uh, uh, I just want to be honest. And then uh, if it is going to be a potential for the future, or he's going to buy from someone else for the future, who knows, but I know that I'm going to serve that client and I know that I'm going to sleep well at night uh, mm -hmm. without no, because I did, I did. I took money of the people that wanted to give me money and selling things that I knew they didn't need yeah. for that moment. I, it's not for me. Um, right. It's not for me. I like to sleep well at night and uh, I like to have a good reputation. I like to serve my clients. And every time I took money that I knew I couldn't deliver on or I didn't, uh, even if I needed that in that moment, it didn't feel good. It didn't feel yeah. good to me. And going yeah. back to the moral compass, uh, Mom, yeah. mom raised me with with uh, with strong morals, and so. <laughs> well, that's great. Uh, congratulations to mom. But you know that is a real challenge with some because people will sell something, they'll get their commission, and then they don't care if the person ever uses it or not. Yeah. I too care, and if they invested in me and believed in me, even though they don't necessarily want to do the work, it's like, look, you spent the money. Right. You you believe I want to help you get what you yeah. bought and not, you know, not just have this moment where you felt like you wanted to buy and then not use it. So okay, I don't feel I, good about that either. I have a feeling we can talk for ages. Uh, yes. So I'm looking forward to be to now be on your show, which they are slowly merging. They are slowly, <laughs> they are slowly merging right now. But if people want to get in touch with you, either like know about your book, selling with dignity, or see what what you have to offer, what's the what's the best place where people can find you? Yep, sellingwithdignity.com. One word, so really simple. Sellingwithdignity.com. You can find me. You see the spelling of my name. You can find me on LinkedIn. And uh, try to provide value for people and help people to be better at sales so that they can have a better life and provide for their families and drive their economies. So thank selling you so much for having with me. With 
dignity.com so make sure you check it out sellingwithdignity.com the link is in the show notes so scroll down and then you can find them or just type right now sellingwithdignity.com do it now because then you know life gets in the way and then you stop <laughs> listening and watch so do it right now check check it out what harry has to offer uh to wrap up if we were to summarize with a few words or a sentence or a phrase the conversation that we had today what, what would it be for you? Yeah. So selling is all about serving a hundred percent. If you are a servant mindset, you are already there. All you have to do is learn to ask for the business. The people will want to do business with you just because you're a good person. The opportunity is there in front of you. Take advantage of it. You're doing the right thing. And in order for you to serve more people, you have to succeed in your business. So ask for the business. Thanks again, Simone. It's great to be here. Uh, my pleasure, ladies and gentlemen. Harry Spade here on the Expert to Authority show. Uh, if you haven't subscribed, make sure, make sure you subscribe and also leave us a review. You know that reviews are the lifeblood of every show. And until next time, always remember that together we grow exponentially. Ciao. Thank you for listening to Explode Your Expert Business Show. If you enjoyed the interview, please subscribe to the show and leave us a review. Every week we will select a winner from the reviews that we get. So it might be you. Make sure you give us a review. It means the world to us and that's how we, you can help us grow the show. Also remember to download the Expert Business Checklist to get the roadmap on how to become an authority in your field. The link is in the show notes or you can visit gtex.events forward slash expert iPhone checklist. So it's gtex.events forward slash expert iPhone checklist. And as well, finally, if you want to receive daily support in your coaching and speaking business or explore how we can work together, join our private Facebook group, Explode Your Expert Biz. Again, you can find it on Facebook at Explode Your Expert Biz or the link is in the show notes. Thank you very much for listening and until next time, remember that together we grow exponentially.